0: Tune into the Bobcast podcast, chatting about it, making you laugh, got the internet fired up, streaming fast, from the lounge with the Ouija board, summoning the past, seeing the future, animated and creative, thoroughly articulated, anytime you want to hear it, you can turn it on and play it, oh my Bob, I cast a shout from your speaker frame and monitor, got it going on at com, episode of content for you and yours, come on, it along, and send a link to your brother, to your cousin, to your mom. Never ever 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 turn it off. Ring the alarm up on the river with the stiff light. I'm up getting gone. Uh, so bizarre, abstract fantasy brought to you by Bob. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Bobcast with you as always. Mess that up, dude. Never mess up the with us as always. Alright, let's try it again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ugh. What's going on here, dude? Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Bobcast with you, as always, this is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Today is January 10th, 2024, the day after a massive rainstorm. I had to come out here for multiple different reasons, and we're going to cover them all here in this chat, this solo podcast here with Robert Patrick James Cahill. First off, I want to let you all know, because I'm in this mood now, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden... The musical, uh, I, I got stuff going on inside me. It's like almost like, uh, like when Rocky, you know, he's explaining how he's a fighter and he's got this thing in him, and he wants to bring it back out. Yeah, I, uh, I'm hooked on music again. I'm playing uh, my bass guitar at Storehouse Church this Sunday. So today's the January 10th. That would be 14th. I don't know. I suck at math, but hey. 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Don't be all weird and be like, I don't know, you know. I know everyone feels anxiety when they walk into a new place. But if you ever saw me play in Downtown Harvest, if you ever saw me play in Ditto Demi, if you ever saw me in Pocket Dial, if you ever saw me in Judah Kim in Assassination, you know that I, 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 I give it my all. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, that's okay. But... I want you to feel comfortable because I didn't feel comfortable with this place when I first walked in. I'm going to be honest with you, but now I I look forward to Sunday. Okay. I'm looking forward to ripping the bass guitar. There's two guest um, musicians coming this weekend. They're a married couple. I saw them once perform. I was like weeping with just uh, tears of joy just because they're so, like, it's amazing when like a married couple performs music together and it works. (laughs) How many videos have you seen on uh, Reddit or something where it's like a married couple with a piano? I saw this one video. I can't get it out of my head. It's a lady in a department store with her husband on the keyboard. He's got like, uh, you know, syncopated beats playing in the background, and she's talking about uh, the biscuit. It's something about the biscuit. I can't remember. but Maybe you're weird like me and you know. So that's good, you know? So yeah, coming out to Stormhouse Church, I told you all on a couple podcasts, they got Coffee, okay. If you were a Catholic like me, you would never walk into church with a cup of coffee, dude. That would be like just as bad as like you know the emperor wears no clothes, dude. It is windy. I don't know if you can hear it because of this type of microphone, but we're also here to inspect the land because we got so much rain last night. And I'm kind of shocked as it's kind of dry. It's probably because the temperature was so it's like 58 degrees at one point last night, and the humidity was pretty high. So I imagine, you know, we're at the top of um Bells are like at the top of the Bells Mills Mountain right now. So we're walking down to the infamous bridge I cross, which there's got to be a, like a ton of water, you know what I mean? So that's something exciting to look forward to on the show. <laughs> yeah. But the last reason, the most important reason why I came out here in a windstorm and a rainstorm is because today is the 43rd birthday of Brian Elliott Letterman, he passed away in the year 2013, so it's been 11 years since I've seen my friend. Not too far from where I start the podcast is this tree, you know, we used to call it the Dooku tree back in the day, or the Dookie tree, It had many different names, but all my friends would come here, there'd be a bench, and you know, it was like our area to like chill back in the day and like escape, you know, our parents, escape school, escape all that stuff, and I was very fortunate at a young age to be introduced to this place because it's so it's just magical in my life. You know, it's like I came here today to check on this place like I care about it, make sure everything's OK. Like, you know, like it's nice to have a relationship with something that is alive, but like, you know, in a different format. Another thing. Yeah. Call me weird. There's certain trees that say hello to. There's this one tree down here I always touch. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what's going on with that, but you know what I mean? Like, The trees never hurt my feelings, you know? So back to B, right? That tree, that tree we all gathered in um, late June, early July of 2013. And it was hot, man. It was real hot. Like the type of humidity where like, you know, you got to wear your hair up. You can't wear socks. And if you're a big guy, you got to powder yourself and you know what I'm talking about, fellas. So we I put out a Facebook invite, excuse me, a Facebook event invite. And I do believe it was like right at the beginning of Facebook um, invites. Hold on sec, I got to pull my pants up. Put a microphone on my mouth. Could cut? Not going to cut. Hold on. Almost there. Almost there. Not. Okay, here we go. So we all gathered out here. I put the, the event together. I recall the evening, making it, just making sure everything was right. Because in the beginning of those early days of social media, it was wonky, man. Then they made it like look all more complicated. It's a long story. But I made the invite and I put a picture of him in the tree as the banner, you know. And uh, we came here once for a photo shoot with his then-girlfriend, Cassie Thomas, And uh, I was the photographer. I remember shooting it on Olympus camera, which was a digital camera at the time. 35 millimeter was just, you know, on its way out. Digital camera was like as exciting as TikTok today. But nobody gives a shit about that stuff now, which is weird because it's like, imagine like the digital camera if it had feelings or even the 35, the 35 millimeter must be in therapy for God's sake. That was a PG 13, eh, PG, PG joke, sorry. So we all get, you know, put the event together. Oh my God, there's sticks falling right near me. We put the event together. I invite like 25 people. I think like 30 might've showed. These were all friends of Brian Letterman. These were all people who cared for him. These are all people who loved him. These are all people who didn't know how. So what happened was like Brian, we believe Brian passed away on a, I believe it was Saturday morning. I think I woke up. I know I was out. Like So what happens to me is like my version of it is that I, I went out the night before. And I, I believe I was at the last place I ever saw Brian, which was the Boathouse in Country Hawking, which was our bar to go to. But that night I was out with friends. And I remember specifically drinking Patron tequila because I woke up the next morning with a wicked hangover. The type of hangover where you feel like you're in the desert. Like, you are a cacti plant. There is no version of you that wants to, like, you know, join society for the day. You're out there in the desert. You're done. And I got a text message. I got a text message from my friend Jeff in Miami, Florida, Mr. Jeffrey Sowers, who's a great dude, man. I miss him. Like, he skates with his kid. He's teaching his kid how to ollie, backslide hop, shove, it. it's just awesome, you know, so shout out to my my boy Jeff down there, and Jeff wrote to me at 7.30, and I didn't have the phone on silent, and I don't even know if there was that mode back in the day, so I hear the text, and the text says something like, is it true, and um, I immediately, like, go into panic mode, like, was what true, you know, and then I start to comb through Facebook. Then I come across posts I'll never forget. Like, I didn't believe it. You know, I was shocked. There was an announcement from a family member saying that he had passed. And uh, I was devastated, dude. Like, um, shock, pain, sadness, grief, anger, followed by just the worst depression ever. Like, dear friend Brian who I've said it before and it's just so hard because if you're somebody who struggles with a loved one who is in recovery or somebody who's in AA, NA, anything like that you know the struggle right and dude when I found out my dear friend who I dude I idolized the guy he's 43 I'll be 44 this month I always felt he like he was my older brother I always felt that I could learn from him and not the other way around, just because of some placement on the calendar, you know, like he was smart, man. He's like real, he's like the street smart that I strive. I love that we grew up in a time, all of us, maybe not all of us because some of us are, you know, whatever, but, uh, we grew up in a time where like, we were able to value friendship, you know, like, I'm sure you all have best friends, but I was just talking to Brian before I started the podcast at the tree memorial. And I said to him, you know, I had lots of best friends and it's weird when you have lots of best friends because it just means you loved well, you know, but there was something special about Brian amongst all of them because I looked up to him like a big brother, you know, like he had so, so much like knowledge. It's it's such an old soul. He was such a um, careful person, too. Like, everything was, like, calm, cool, and collected, you know? And I missed that, man. I missed that energy. I missed being with somebody who I felt, like, comfortable with. I mean, he had this, like, Honda Civic, right? And, like, remember in, like, the early, late 2010s when people would start to, like, trick out Hondas and, like, lower them? He had this one that was lowered, had the tint, had, like, this, like, cool blue light that I thought was so cool. And then he had, um, uh, what he had was so cool. Everything about the car was slick. He later sold it to TJ. And I think TJ, I think we got into an accident once leaving Northern Liberties. That's a whole another podcast. But uh, I remember one time we were in the car and we were leaving Wendy's. And Wendy's on Ridge Pike, there's all those cars, you know, the lots. And late at night, there's nobody on that road. And he, I, I'd never been in a car stick shift car that was like tricked out where it was fast, like you know? So, I mean, he he moves through first, second, third, bam, in the fourth gear, we start to fly, man, down the road. And I remember distinctively not being scared because Brian was at the wheel. Sometimes now when I'm in the car, I put out my hand and I almost, like if I'm listening to a song that, uh, you know, We shared together. Like when we had the memorial service, I asked people to bring. I asked. I asked them to bring something that, you know, meant something to them with Brian. And mine was the Wu Tang Forever double CD. We played that album in this Dodge Avenger and drove around like lunatics, blasting the music in like North Philly off the boulevard. Like, yeah. Ah, man, there's good times, you know. I'm so thankful because when I think of like hip hop, I think of Brian Letterman, you know. I think of Wu Tang, like Clan Forever. Like, I think of him. Wu Tang Killer Bees on the Storm. We called him B, you know. Like, I miss him, dude. I really do, you know. And it's weird. The thing about grief is it doesn't go away, but it evolves, you know like you. I I think I posted something on Facebook today. It's really hard to to lose somebody so um, early in life when you're young. It's a hard thing to, to mourn. It's a hard thing to feel the loss, but I found throughout the years that it's quite easy to keep his memory alive because we shared so much love between us, you know, and, um, That's a pretty rad thing, dude. You know what I mean? So I hope that you have a friend, you know, that you feel like that towards and, you know, call them right now. Forget the rest of this podcast and just call and say, I love you and hang up. (laughs) (laughs) Brian and I used to say, I love you all the time, you know? whoa men saying uh, you know get over it dude our souls were matched up from an early age i remember seeing him at the supercade in the plymouth meeting mall and he was like one of the first dudes to have that pantera style haircut where was shaved on the side it's everywhere now with uh, shaved on the sides and long hair on the top but b had real like long hair back in the day that was like chin length shaved on the outsides raver dude was just fly and he was in this arcade and I remember like him and a couple other fellows, they were so good, dude. You know, he was that dude that like the natural abilities to just crack the code, you know, like crack the video game, crack the, you know, the hack before anybody even knew what it was. He later gave me one of my, he later gave me my best job. I really liked working at Ritz camera when I were photo in the Plymouth meeting ball. And it took years to like come to that realization as to why I loved this so much. And it really comes down to, I was in charge of people's memories, man. People tr- treated me so kindly, you know, they were just, I'll be back for the double stuff. Make sure you make two copies now. People today like, just stand still. Let me take the photograph and it's going to go into my camera and maybe I don't dump them for a whole fucking year. And then nobody, there's no, like if we lost the power, right? The grid goes out, our memories go out because there's no physical copy. So I'm going to start printing all the pictures I got of my kid and the terabytes because one day what happens if I can't plug the terabyte in you know so I missed the job Brian got me the job uh he was the one in the Plymouth meeting mall and I had my own station at Bosco's there's like a little Ritz camera like uh I don't even know what you want to call it it's just a little Ritz camera Johnny John you know what I'm saying like a little booth that I would I could still develop photos there and also sell cameras. And sometimes I would do it at the same time because, you know, it was fun. I was, I was young, I was alive. And Brian hooked me up with that. And Brian would come down sometimes and we'd, uh, test out the equipment. So I got so many Polaroid pictures of him eating Popeye's chicken. Then I have so many pictures of him where it's like him asking me to, to, to take pictures so he could like, you know, work on his sideburns. That's the thing about Brian, too. If you knew him well, like me, he loved beard trimming, okay? So, I've said it before. Every time I shave, there's, there he is. So, it's kind of easy because I got to shave every two days or so now um, to, to think of him, you know, to, 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 to be in his presence. And uh, just the other day, I started to pray for him, you know. It's weird. I think a lot of times... I don't know. Maybe some people feel this way, but they feel like yeah, you don't have to pray for de- you know, the deceased because they're gone. And it's like, no, dude, they're all around you, you know? And I feel his presence a lot. Uh, Pastor Tasha at Storehouse was talking uh, last Sunday, I believe, about how to pray and like uh, steps and techniques to calm and center yourself and be able to focus. And one of them I thought was pretty dope. And it's like, you know, you're breathing right now. I'm breathing, right? I'm walking, I'm talking, I'm podcasting, I'm lamenting my lost friend. The oxygen is God. So God is all around you. God is in you. God is coming into you. God will be in you. And God wants you to be happy, dude. Like, it took me the longest time to realize that. It's like, stuff happens. Oh, we're down here. It is pretty thick. The water is thick. Uh, it hasn't crested at all but it's moving really fast and it's real dark and murky. My name is Robert Patrick James Cahill. There's a bulldozer down here. The bulldozer, I'm gonna go this way so I can get some some camera footage if need be. It looks like they might be pushing rocks because I imagine there was a lot of erosions. So the time I spent with Brian at the Plymouth Meeting Mall, never forgot. And still to this day, I look at those Polaroid pictures and I laugh to myself and think of all the good times we had, and every now and then, even though I know it's so bad, and the next day I'll, I really will dislike myself, I'll go get some Saracoo Japan, okay? So Saracoo Japan opened up, the food court there opened up when we were working there in 99-ish, and prior to that, it was a cinema. It was the Plymouth Meeting Mall's cinema, one and two, and that whole food court, food, excuse me, food court was split into two. You had one theater on the left, one on the, set, on the right, saw Jurassic Park there and sold out audience. It was wild, frightening. Uh, And that food court closed, or excuse me, that movie theater closed. That section was gone for years. And then the food court opened up and this place, Saracute, Japan, pops off. And Brian Letterman loved that stuff, dude. He loved to go there to eat on break. And I would go with him and we'd sit in our little ties and 19-year-old, you know, bodies and we would uh, just have the best of time. So every now and then i will go get one of those meals and uh, sometimes I'll sit there at the mall and uh, think of them. Sometimes I'll go into where Ritz camera was, that's long gone. The one inside the mall that Brian worked at is now T-Mobile. Uh, the section I worked at is now like, you've seen this on TV, like stuff, you know? Like um, gadgets or whatever. But I'm happy to report in the year 2000, when I was moving some some chemicals, some developing chemicals, I spilled them on the rug. The stain is still there. Sounds like a lot of guys are cutting down some wood. So, you know, yep, these are guys from the park. So I don't know if you can hear the chainsaws, but chainsaws are out, baby. This guy's not gonna let me yield at all. This guy's speeding. Okay, here we are, the infamous crossroads. Maybe I'll make it, maybe I won't. But, yeah, it, it will come up on all these chainsaws, so it's going to get real loud. So I'm just going to let you all hear it as I move through, okay? How is it down there? You've been down there? So yeah, haven't gone that far down yet. Go. You know, watch your head, anything. He told me to watch my head because uh, limbs are coming down. One almost already came down on my head. But, um, yeah, I'm ready. I'm here in my favorite spot. Please don't take me there, Lord. I got more stuff to do. Plus, I got to be there for my boy. So, where are we here? The stain. Yes, the stain rich camera is there that mall also holds a really special place in my heart because once my wife, when we were dating, broke up with me. Yeah, dude, I got dumped by my wife. And, uh, like a month had passed and she started to like, you know, send me pages and all this other stuff. And, you know, I was like, look, do you want to get back together? You know, do you want to go see a movie with me? So we went to the AMC movie theater, which had just opened. It was brand new. It was like being in like paradise. And we saw the movie Castaway. And the movie Castaway helped us fall back in love, dude. So there's a lot of stuff about that mall that I love. I'm nostalgic for it. I love it's. I love how empty it is now. Because it's, I don't love it, actually. I, I remember when it was packed. you know. I remember when the mall was the place to go. The mall was Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. Discord. What's that app? Well, I don't know. But I know one thing, dude. Plum with Meeting Mall had the Supercade. Plymouth Meeting Mall had a cinema. It had massage chairs that nobody saw before. It also had a kick-ass fountain, dude. found out later in life that that fountain is very rare. And uh, there's, there's no place to build stuff like that no more. The fact that that fountain is the same fountain is wild. Because... In today's world, even the fanciest stuff that looks so cool will break on you in two or three years. It's almost like they put that in there, like, "Look, stop this device immediately. We don't want this guy to continue to have a good time." But yeah, I miss my friend. I I um. I often think like that he would have been like one of the best fathers ever, you know. I remember one time talking to him about it and he, he was just, you know, reluctant, but knew there was something there, but he had a, he was a, a child of divorce. And, you know, with that, it can either, it back in the day, like, I don't really think that the, the, I shouldn't speak for all because I'm sure there was some, but most of the time divorces, it wasn't like the world we live in today where people are peacefully co parenting and taking pictures together on Christmas and pajamas when they don't they're not married but they stuck together for the kids like i just remember back in the day every single person that i knew who was divorced they would say yeah my mom and dad don't speak i go there i come here you know and i knew some some kids in my neighborhood that are friends with my son right now who are uh children of divorce and they they got a really great stepmother you know so it's cool that that changed, I don't know if enough people get pro- give props to those who step in to raise other people's children, but yo dude, good job. So I think that Letterman would have kicked ass as a dad, you know, because like that smart, cool, street smart type energy, like, there was never like, and everybody who's friends friends with him, did you ever remember just sitting in silence with him? and? Do you ever remember him talking over you? No. At all. And he was a great listener. He would listen, you know, and he would care, you know. And we spent all of our teen years together. And then in the 20s, he had moved down to Philadelphia. And, you know, I had lots of, uh, I had a car. But when I was younger, I mean, there wrote a screenplay about, it once about a guy who's just terrified of driving you know i had a couple incidents when i was a kid where i got a, i got in a car accident once with my friend tj and i messed up my knee and instead of like waiting for the ambulance i like ran away from the car scene and probably messed it up for life because i was scared because i didn't want my parents to know that i wasn't riding the cheese to school anymore i was a big boy I wasn't buckled up either like an idiot and I was listening to a band called Local H that I'll never listen to again. But I didn't, I didn't go to the city much. I went down a couple of times for a couple of poker games with Steve Brandstorfer, Ben Kim. And was, he had this amazing apartment on Bainbridge Street, which is just behind the TLA. And at the height of when my band returned from California, we started to become openers for national international acts at the theater of living arts and i believe it, yes it was the night that my band downtown harvest opened for the band okay go if you recall them they were the dudes who made themselves popular with you know pop funky music that they were on treadmills you know i don't know if you ever seen it it's worth the watch so i asked brian as like, "Hey, man, i really want to you know, party tonight, like, is it cool? If, he's absolutely, Bob, you can stay at my house. would love for you to, you know. I was like, is it cool if I bring my air matches? Is it cool if I sleep in your room? He's like, sure, Bob, sure. Did, no hesitations, nothing, you know. I got him backstage that night at CLA. specifically because I was just so excited, you know, like, to share. I always wanted to, like, even, like, Brian, the bass guitar that I played for a decade, the blue one, Defender Jazz, he he loaned that to me and never asked for it back. It's like he knew I needed that instrument because at the time bass wasn't even in my vocabulary, dude. Like I wasn't a bass. I was like, I want to be a guitar player. I want to be Kurt Cobain, dude. I don't want to be Chris Novoselic, but you know what I'm saying? Like he he saw something in me and in like my rhythm. Sadly, right before he passed away, we made plans <laughs> To make a band together. And. Hold on one second. There's like a flood here. And I gotta. I gotta get across. So I'll get my feet wet. Hold up. Oh. That's mud. That's a big old. Sticky ass pile of mud. I just got in. My one foot's wet. But hey. We're gonna deal with it here. On the Bobcast. Because it's my boy's birthday. And uh, we are braving the elements here. Oh my god. There's more water at I'm going to stay on though. Cause I ain't done the story. So yeah, he set me in motion with that. And that night I slept, I came back from the bar with OK Go. I'll never forget that night too. Cause downtown harvest was at their, their peak. My band was at their peak. The band. OK Go. We were excited to meet, but the lead singer of the group was kind of a dick and excuse me. He was a dick and he and my drummer got into it and like, I've seen this before with other people, like when they're in something successful, but yet they see somebody else who's equally talented or perhaps more talented. They become threatened by it. So he sits some like snide shit to Chris. And like we had this dressing room that was like in this like tiny room. There was pipes exposed, dingy, but rock and rollish. And I remember the drummer telling me the story. And I remember saying to the band, Dude, they only gave us, what, six songs? but Let's go out there and play those six songs like we own this place and we headlined tonight instead of OK Go. And, dude, we went out there and ripped it, ripped it, dude. And, like, I remember coming off stage and watching my drummer look at the lead singer, you know? Nothing had to be said because it was just all right there on the stage. And I was so excited that Brian was there. Later, the band breaks up. I told Brian I was devastated by it, you know. And he's like, you know, just keep playing music, Bob. You know, you don't have to stop, you know. And, you know, we'd always talked about playing together and like, yeah, dude, like he he was acquiring equipment before and like, oh, that's a lot of mud. All right, hold on a second, I gotta think this through because there's no way to get. All right, hold on, I gotta put you in the mouth, hold on. Ah, All right, we're back. I put you in the mouth and I talked for five straight minutes. Nobody heard a word. Microphone got turned off. I I listened back to it. And I left off with him and I trying to play music together. And then the divide between the spiritual body, excuse me, the spiritual soul of Mr. Brian Letterman and the physical soul combo of Robert Patrick James Cahill. You know, so I mean, I still talk to him. I still do things for him. I still pray for him. I still visit him. I still go do the things we used to do 20, 30 years ago to honor him, you know? Every time I trim my mustache, trim my beard or sideburns, there he is in the mirror staring back at me. So my homework assignment for you guys tonight is if you got somebody in your life that you haven't talked to in a while who you feel the same way I did about Brian and still do, call them. Tell them you love them because you just never know, dude, you know, and that's the whole thing about life is you got to spend time loving people. You can love yourself, but do what Jesus did and invest in others. My name's B.O.B., and this has been yet another episode of my dear friend, Brian Letterman's B-Cast.